An emotionally intelligent individual is both highly conscious of his or her own emotional states, as well as others, and is able to identify and manage them. What does it mean to have emotional intelligence in practice? Can it be taught? And why security professionals need it? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Jerome Levy. My day job is a CISO, and I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here is my co-host Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Good afternoon. Jeff. Emotional intelligence seems to be a trendy buzzword in many leadership books, classes, and HR departments. What is it? Is it another fluffy trend or is it something meaningful? And when did this whole topic start to be such a, such a hot topic? All right. Well, I'm going to go back to 2013 when I went through training in this topic. And here is exactly what I wrote down in my class with a couple of PhD psychology instructors. Emotional intelligence is a set of emotional and social skills that collectively establish how we perceive and express ourselves, develop and maintain social relationships, cope with changes, and use emotional information in an effective and meaningful way. So obviously it's about emotion. But what exactly is that? I mean, you know, some people saying, well, I'm not very good at reading emotions or I'm not an emotional person. I'm a pretty tough person. Do they have emotional intelligence? Sure they do. You could ask the guys that I played hockey against for 10 years, whether, whether I had emotions or whether they had emotions after we hit each other on the ice because they were always trying to steal my puck. So that's maybe even, you know, more of emotional aggression, not intelligence. So when I first started playing hockey, it probably was aggression because I've always played sports like that. But as my mind and body aged, I, I decided that uh, intelligence was far better than aggression. So, so it's interesting. So, you know, when we think about intelligence... We usually think about it in terms of like IQ or how smart we are. What intelligence has to do with emotions? Well, let's get a baseline first. Uh, IQ is cognitive intelligence. It's the part of your brain that processes linear, mathematical, straight line kinds of thinking. Um, IQ tends to stop growing. And I'll leave this argument to psychologists, but somewhere between 17 and maybe 20 or 21. What that means is whatever IQ you have at that point in your life, that's what you're going to have for the long haul. Emotional intelligence, on the other hand, comes from the emotional side of the brain. And those emotions don't even really start growing until someone's in their 20s, grow substantially in their 30s and 40s, starts to level out in their late 40s, 
but it never stops. It can keep growing all the way to retirement. So is that the same thing that we've talked about in the past about left brain, right brain thinking? Yeah, kind of. I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody worked up over whether it's exactly the left side or the right side, but I'm going to call it the analytical side of the brain and the emotional side of the brain. And they, they, they converge somewhere in between there. I, I just, I just covered everything. Okay. So let me ask you this then. Yes. Can you have high IQ and low EQ or vice versa? You can have either one or both or something in between. There is no research correlation that says if you have high IQ, you will have high EQ. EQ, by the way, stands for emotional quotient. It's the same thing as EI, emotional intelligence. If you happen to have low IQ, you could have sky high EQ, but there's no correlation. There's no, there's no mathematical guarantee that you're going to have one or the other. You kind of have to find out. Like Forrest Gump, for example. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But then, you know, we, we see many people where... Um, really smart. I mean, really, really smart, super smart, very analytical. Um, but their social skills are, are not that great. Is, does that have to do anything with their EQ? Or is that different? Has everything to do with their EQ. So... IQ is responsible for all of the mathematical engineering brilliance that people like yourself and your colleagues have. And there's no doubt, uh, I've been working with some of the smartest people on the planet for the last 30 years of my life. They, they all work in technology. And as you've already said, frequently those people are not so good when it comes to Social skills. I'm going to make it really simple, and I don't mean to be demeaning when I say this, but it's sort of like playing in the sandbox with other kids. Um, when when those those kids were little, chances were pretty good they threw sand in other kids' eyes, and they might have stolen other kids' toys. Well, in adulthood, they kind of do the same thing. Doesn't work real well. So, is there hope? I mean, if you have let's say, an immature EQ. Are there things you can do to improve your EQ or are you kind of stuck with what you were born with? You are stuck with your IQ. You are absolutely positively not stuck with what you just referred to as uh, lower or how else did you say it? The immature EQ. I Im immature EQ. You are not stuck with that. Emotional intelligence starts growing again in the 20s. Anytime after that, you could engage in developing and, and, and maybe fast-tracking the development of emotional intelligence. Your brain, your experience, your wisdom, um, it's prime. It's ready for that kind of experience. And yes, absolutely, 
you can grow any part of emotional intelligence skills that you set your mind to. Which is great news because, you know, many of us throughout our careers ran across that brilliant jerk. <laughs> They're super smart. I mean, you know, they know everything about everything. Um, you know, this is this one person that, you know, the entire team is dependent on and the entire company is dependent on. But boy, you don't want to deal with them, right? And um, they can be really, really toxic to their teams and to their organizations. Right. And unfortunately, oftentimes, I mean, companies are not getting rid of them because they are so highly critical. Yeah, I wrote an article about that person several years ago. It's on LinkedIn. It's called the smartest person in the room syndrome. And that's all I'm going to say. If somebody wants to go read it, they can learn about that, that person. Um, maybe they'll identify with that person. Maybe they work right next to that person. I don't know. It's, I think it's my most popular, you know, numerically popular article that I've ever written. Well, but there are good news that there is hope for them. There is hope. Yes. Jeff, what are the makings of emotional intelligence or, or EQ? Well, emotional intelligence, depending on the psychologist whose book you're reading or whoever's field of study you're, you're going by, uh, it, it has anywhere from four to, in my case, five different pieces. The first piece is basically built around self-awareness uh, or self-regard. So it's understanding exactly who you are, who you're not, uh, coming to grips with that, and presenting an authentic version of you. The second piece is how you deliver that authentic version of you to other people, and then how they perceive you um, it's about how you get along with people socially. Play nicely in the sandbox, the example I used before. So I don't want to break it down into a bunch of psychological complex stuff. The really simple way to look at it is it's about, your, it's about knowing yourself and knowing how you come across to other people and then understanding how other people might perceive you. They're simple. So it sounds very similar to um, a lot of the concepts we talked about previously when it comes to the Clifton strength. C can you share a little bit, um, maybe some of the similarities between your strength and your EQ? Sure. Uh, what I found over the years is that Clifton strengths, you can look at as a hand. And when I say hand, each one of your fingers has a unique fingerprint. So it is a unique set of information that's unique for each person. Well, these two assessments have no correlation at all. They're not owned by the same company. The same psychologists weren't involved. Uh, I went to this EQ training, and one of the first things I was told was, we need to be using some other assessment along with the EQ assessment we were there to train for. And I just happened to have what I think is the perfect assessment. Because it shows a person who they are uniquely, emotional intelligence is the ability to polish who you are uniquely. So it's almost like Clifton Strengths is the hand, and emotional intelligence is the glove that fits the hand. 
So Jeff, I, I don't recall seeing emotional intelligence spelled out in job descriptions for, for CISOs or other security professionals. A, am I right or wrong? You're right and wrong. I've seen it once or twice. Now, that, that's not very often, so it, you're mostly right. However, in every job description except for the anomalies, see, there's no, there's no always never in the world of working with people. Um, or in, in, in saying job descriptions are written a certain way. Most job descriptions, and it can be up to 50% of the job description, depending on what you're looking at, are asking for skills that come from or are connected to emotional intelligence. Uh, some of those skills might be uh, ability to inspire, ability to collaborate collaborate not just with technology people, but with lots of people, uh, ability to present not just good, but excellent or outstanding verbal and written communication skills. And it's a matter of, of having all these skills and fine tuning and polishing those skills, knowing exactly when it's time to let something out and when it's time to put it back in its box. I know sometimes people tend to uh, criticize a little bit security professionals as, um, you know, being rough around the edges. You know, a lot of them either are, many of them, you know, grew up as technologists. Um, some of them are a little bit, um, let's call it free-spirited you know, anti-establishment, I mean, things like that. Do security professionals need emotional intelligence? Yes, they do. I don't know any security professionals who don't at least occasionally interact with non-security professionals. And when you interact with people outside of security, those people are going to be different by default. You need to be able to make adjustments to how you communicate, the pace, the word choice, your tone of voice. Uh, you might need to slow down sometimes because those people may not be as analytically gifted as you are. When you're around the people that are built like you, uh, you might be able to get away with, with not adjusting so much. You just get to be yourself. So if you cannot understand how you're coming across to other people and you don't have a control over that and, and you can control that that's your choice um, and you don't perceive how other people might be reading you your results with other people could be all over the map and that's why that's a great point because I've seen I've seen that many times where you know what we security professionals practitioners um, you know, when we hear sometimes about, you know, the latest hack or the latest breach, I've seen many times people are like, this is just awesome. This is brilliant. You know, they almost kind of get excited about it. Where you go and you present that to non-security people, they are like, holy crap, this is so scary. I don't even want to hear about it. So I think, you know, there are many, many interactions um, that we have as security professionals. And, and I had a boss that used to say, 
that one of our goals is to help and manage the mood of the organization. Oh, that's brilliant. And by doing so, having control over that mood, that's a better ability for us to communicate, but also get what we need, other than just kind of running around with our hair on fire all the time and, um, you know, creating panic. Sure. That makes a whole lot of sense. What advice do you have for security professionals um, who wants to improve their emotional intelligence or even, or even get, you know, a sense of like where their emotional intelligence may be? Well, I can, I'll tell you that one of my clients who has made the greatest strides in, in developing his own emotional intelligence, um, he told me when we first started talking about this topic, that he had read eight books on emotional intelligence. And his next statement was, but I can't figure out how to do it. Well, I've run into other people who've read several books and they say, I can't figure out how to do it. So I don't know why, but this is a, a particular topic that is very difficult to grasp understand and put into motion because if you don't put it into motion if you don't take action uh, it's pretty useless to have all that book knowledge in the in this particular topic so for most people i would suggest that you get some help get some help from somebody who's who's trained in the topic it's not a simple topic if they've read eight books that does not constitute training They need to be trained by somebody who probably has a PhD in psychology and walks them through a a process that gets them to an appropriate outcome. Uh, They need to have a tool, some sort of a tool, a psychological instrument. And if you can buy that instrument on the street, it's probably not going to be powerful enough to give you what you want and need particularly if you're highly analytical. You want it exactly right. You may need to go to someone who's been trained and certified and can purchase that level of psychological assessment. Is there anything that, simple things that people can do, um, you know, by taking their first strides on on that path? What, What does that look like? Yeah, I would suggest start at home. Sit down with with whoever's at home and ask that person to please be totally honest, but ask them questions about how do I come across to you in these different situations? Do I make you happy? Do I make you sad? Do I scare you? Do I frighten you? Those are the answers you're you're listening for. But Start asking people that are around you a lot that mean something to you. Just tell them, I'm really curious. When when these kind of things happen and you're around me, what's it like? You might be shocked if someone's actually honest with you. Because frequently we, we, well, we all have blind spots and frequently we may not understand how we're impacting other people. But if you can get someone to be that honest with you, there's a free way to start uh, start getting some feedback 
And you have to have feedback. Other people experience you in a different way than you think you're coming across most of the time. So yes, having somebody like that in your life, uh, whether it's you know your significant other, a family member, um, you know somebody at work, that can give you that perspective, uh, it's something great to have because, again, as we discussed before, it goes back to self-awareness. And in order to get there, in order to get to have that person, you have to start building relationships. And that's probably one of the most important things that you can have when you have strong relationship with somebody, to have that person who kind of really can give you this moral compass, if you will, or give you the, the true, um, unbiased, and, and open uh, feedback um, about yourself and somebody that you know you can be vulnerable with. This brings us to the end of our show, and uh, you know we hope this brings more clarity to why emotional intelligence is so important for professionals in general and, and security professionals in particular. Um, you know, especially when we deal with a lot of people and we deal with people sometimes in very stressful situations. So the good news, um, one can practice and become better at it. Uh, so, you know, if you were born or started with a low EQ, that's not uh, the end of the road for you. And being emotionally intelligent, uh, think about the positive impact you can have on yourself and others and just on the world in general. So definitely take some time to learn uh, and improve. Um, Jeff, thank you very much. I mean, this has uh, been very enlightening. And as we talked before about self-awareness, this is another area that really helps one to better understand themselves, how they come across and how they can make their life and the life of the others around them better. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And many of these topics that we are putting on the table in an effort to keep them short and sweet, uh, we're not giving them the time and attention that they really deserve. So just realize that. Uh, We know that. You should know that too. Yeah, absolutely. We could probably spend hours. So I want to thank you again. I want to thank our audience and everyone who is uh, sharing uh, their feedback and thoughts with us. Um, Please continue to do so. You can contact us via LinkedIn through our profile pages or through the uh, Cybersecurity Leadership page. And also, we will greatly appreciate if you can post feedback and rate our podcast on Apple's podcast, Google, or Spotify. Thank you for your support. See you next time.